Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Friday, May, June fifth, two thousand twenty. Uh, we are in June, and you know that's good. Hard to believe this year has rolled by. Both slowly and quickly. I think very quickly. We're very, almost halfway through. Very quickly, but then when I think of things that have happened this year, they feel like generations ago. That's true. That's a lot of big stuff going on that makes it feel like every day feels like a year mm-hmm. in a way. You know? Yeah. Every day is a year. So you've lived 120 years this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm very old. <laughs> that's right. Listen uh, to me. That's right. Show Ian... Rev- Show your dev- elders some respect. Reverence. That's the word I was looking for. I could not think of that word. I'm not a reverend. No, but you could be. It's it's not that hard. It's very easy. <laughs> Folks, just go down to your local library. That's right. Uh, yeah, we're here today, and um, I guess we should talk about world events uh, mm-hmm. for a minute. Uh, not that we're, you know, people come here to be silly, and and we will be silly, plenty of silly in a while, but it just seemed, um, I don't know, borderline sociopathic to kind of ignore the, the world that's going on around us and, mm-hmm. and, you know, George Floyd's death and, and the protests and everything that's going on. And I don't really have, you know, I mean, well, we don't have a statement. <laughs> We're the only organization that hasn't prepared a statement, statement, but... But I just, you know, I think it's a, it's an important time for for even silly podcasts like us to take a second and think about, um, you know, what we could be doing better. And I think the biggest thing is just kind of listening and, and trying to understand people that aren't from, you know, don't share our worldview and, and haven't had the same life experiences as us. And I know that I kind of... You know, I, honestly, I was driving down Manchester Road the other day, and I saw one one lone person holding a Black Lives Matter, uh, like a cardboard sign. You know, just mm-hmm. on a street corner, just along Manchester. And I thought, man, that you know, like I'm I'm very I feel very affected by this every time I get on Twitter or when I watch the news or anything. But like, that's as close as it's gotten to me, like actually, like physically. You know, mm-hmm. which is like still not at my house or anything like that. So. So I think it's important for for those of us who, you know, are maybe are maybe physically removed from the protests and the the, you know, hurt of it all and and the significance of it all to, maybe especially take some time to listen and and think about it. And the Blues had a statement that didn't go over great, and then the uh, Ryan O'Reilly made a statement through the team's Twitter page that I think went over better. And I'm not honestly that big into the culture of like let's evaluate each statement and see you know like if it met every checked every box we wanted it to check but i i understand why the blues statement left some people lacking i guess a little bit Mm -hmm. um so should we read those or do you want to say anything before we read those or um we can read those and then if i have i can say whatever afterwards yeah um, so just deeply inflammatory <laughs> comments that you're going to make. Uh, no, uh, the Blues, well, the Blues and Cardinals pu- published a joint 
statement through the One Nation, which I don't know if that's actually an organization that they share or if it's just a kind of a banner. That yeah, it seems like it's just right a, a name they run under these mm-hmm. days now ever since the Rams left. Which is fine. I get it. Um, you know, in this situation, maybe you would like to see a separate statements, but I, I mean, it's a unity thing, so I get that. Uh, the St. Louis Blues and St. Louis Cardinals stand united in support of racial equality for all and with those who march peacefully to highlight and protest racism, bigotry, and violence. There is no place for to- intolerance in our society. We also stand with those who work every day to better society and with all those who honorably wear the uniform as they protect and serve all of us. We will continue to work together as one nation and ask that all of our supporters join us in redoubling our efforts to give back and su- support the community we love, and I I know there was kind of hostility towards that because of the the going out of their way to praise the police. Uh, I do think it's important to consider that St. Louis had had four police officers injured in in the line of duty the night before this statement got released. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that was completely in a vacuum. And then we we had the one gentleman who was a retired police captain who died. Um, so you know, I think that was probably part of their logic in that but it, it is it is kind of a you know kind of a pretty generic statement mm-hmm. i would say uh ryan o'reilly weighed in and had a, a bit more pointed words to say and the blues to their credit did publish this on their twitter in the kind of the same manner that they published the original statement uh o'reilly said i am deeply bothered by the death of mr george George Floyd, I feel it is important that I speak freely about this matter. To remain silent is an act of violence given the situation. I grew up with many foster children in our own home, many marginalized people. It pains me as an athlete, a father, and a human being that we are so indifferent to one another. We live in a world where millions of people are kept in poverty and discriminated against. We have lost track of our humanity. The world's crises is the world's crises crisis is in each one of us. It is the way we think. I can't support the looting or the violence that is happening. However, I do feel compelled to support the peaceful demonstrations that so many people around the world are presently doing. We can and must stand together in our daily lives and remove discrimination and racial prejudice from within. Hats off to those peaceful protesters. You are absolutely amazing. So Ryan O'Reilly, as he always does, leading by example and picking the team up off the canvas when they... Uh, made a statement that did not go over so well. Um, I gotta say, Captain Material. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't need one, but mm. but it's true. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't I don't want us to. I do I do want us to be fun, and I understand that a lot of people are overwhelmed by mm-hmm. the world over the last two months and just kind of want of us want to escape it. And I get that, and and I think in a few minutes we'll just kind of return to our normal stuff, but. I just thought it was important to read those and and kind of bring it up and I'll you know give you any time to say yeah what you want to say. Um, I think the reason maybe Ryan O'Reilly's goes over a little bit better than the Blues statement is for one reason, one reason only. Personally, it's just the fact that he goes in and he says that he you know supports law enforcement and everything, and he he uh, condemns like the violence and the looting. But he also understands, and that's it's the order you put it in, but he understands that there's peaceful protests and what the point of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for my struggle I've had is where people's focus lies. I think there is a lot of focus on the looting. There's a lot of focus on the violence. And 
and I think there should be some there because that is that is our reality, that is our world, that's what's happening, and, mm-hmm. and that needs to stop. But there's also, I don't want to, there's also something, I want to say, like, larger at hand. There's just something that's, there's a cause for this. People die all the time, for sure, but, like, there's a reason that this has happened, and whether people are using George Floyd's death and, and other, uh, you know, African-American deaths at the hands of police one way or another for looting and for violence or for peaceful protests, there's a reason that stuff has popped off essentially. Mm. And I think basically acknowledging some of the bad that's come from this, but also trying to circle back and say, what's, you know, what is the point? And the point is um, for marginalized groups and for, you know, people of color to be heard because you've seen a lot of peaceful protests. You've seen a lot of calls to action and nothing really happens. And so I'm not saying people should loot and should be violent, but they should also probably go out and be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And they want to be heard and they want people to see what's going on. And so to that extent, I think what I would say is that um, listen to podcasts, watch movies, watch TV shows, read books, play video games, any sort of entertainment media. Use that to to give yourself a little bit of time away from this stuff. Mm -hmm because it can be very overwhelming. It can be a lot. I mean, especially like you go from the coronavirus to this and then, and that's the whole thing. You didn't even go from the coronavirus to this. The coronavirus is still a thing. (laughs) Um, But you have both those things. You have all this, all this stress, you have all this, you know, emotion, you know, use entertainment media as a way to kind of get away from that a little bit, but it's a huge, but don't use it as a means to bury your head in the sand. Like, Mm -hmm. Don't use it as a way to be like, I just don't want to see this right now. Because I think when we talk about uncomfortable conversations and we talk about how people need to have them and stuff like that, it's just staring reality in the face and seeing what's happening. Like, that's uncomfortable. It sucks. I don't like it. You don't like it. Nobody likes it. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. I think think it becomes really easy for either side to kind of, um, you know, these things become political, unfortunately, when there was a, a colonel mm-hmm. here. I mean, not a colonel, much more than a colonel, but there was a basic strike point that I think, fortunately, pretty much everyone I've ever heard speak on it agrees on, which is that, you know, George Floyd's death was completely unacceptable and, and totally wrong. And, you know, I, I really have not heard yeah. practically anyone argue anything but that. That's what I mean. That's, I guess that's sort of the thing too, that people got annoyed with when it came to like statements is you mm-hmm. don't have to go out and say like, and maybe you do for some people, but a lot of people said wishy-washy like, Hey, there's a lot going on right now. And it's mm-hmm. like, let's be honest and let's just talk about what it yeah, is. A, yeah. a black man died at the hands of police. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. You can you can argue the merits of like well this happened one time this happened another time there's at least a handful of people that you can point to and be like uh that seems like a problem mm-hmm. and there's problems within you know the the police community mm-hmm. and those have to be fixed and I think that's I don't know I don't know why that's controversial to say yeah I'm not, again it's not condemning all police there's no way that all police are bad I I understand that one of our mutual very close friends as a police officer and and he's heroic i completely understand that but also there's like a problem like it's the same thing as teachers if a teacher like beats up a kid or just a shitty human being 
and that happens all the time throughout different school districts and yada yada, we need to fix how we're dealing with teachers. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean all teachers are bad, but that doesn't mean that there's not a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think sometimes people get really tense because they think they put themselves in those shoes or maybe they are a police officer and they say, that's not me. And it's like, I got you, man. It's the same thing as when people say like white people doing this, white people doing that. It's not, that is... That can be hard to whatever to, to parse and it's a very mm -hmm. difficult time. But I'm white and I never get, I personally never get offended at that because I realize they're talking about like a systemic problem. I guess mm -hmm. that's what I mean. It's like you have to think of it as like this big chunky problem, you know what I mean? That could involve you or could not involve you. But like, I don't know, at a certain point I'm like, you can't take it so personally. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a problem. It's the same thing they do with couples counseling thing where it's like, it's not you versus them. It's us versus the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is there is some police brutality against people of color. And, that, and that's just a problem. Mm -hmm. And we need to fix it. So, yeah. like, I don't know I don't know why that's as controversial. I get that people get worked up. And I've leaned more on the liberal side of this stuff anyways. So maybe it makes less sense to me that people get worked up because that's just where my mind is anyways. But it just seems like that's... That seems like a fair point to yeah. me, at least. And then people can go on and go crazy with it. But you know what I mean? I feel like that's a fair mm -hmm. statement. Yeah, I think the reactivity of, of everything just makes it difficult to have honest oh, conversations. Yeah. Twitter's you know? assessable. Because if I it could because if I say, you know, on the one hand, if if the if the Cardinals, for example, say, you know, we support cops that are doing the right thing there are there are people that will react to that and say you're saying george floyd you know this wasn't wrong mm -hmm. or you're saying that all cops are good or you know yeah. which I, they're obvious i don't think they're saying it all mm -hmm. and, you know but on the other hand if you say you know like you like you were just talking about there's a lot of people who would say well you can't criticize you know the cops because then you're like criticizing all cops everywhere and it's just like no like can we have an honest conversation mm -hmm. that doesn't go to defund the police like eliminate police on the one hand yeah and doesn't go to you know never question anything the police do on the other hand and like mm -hmm. most people have had a shitty experience with a police officer mm. somewhere it doesn't come to what it came to with george floyd obviously but like i think you can you can have an honest conversation about like how do we police the police who watches the mm -hmm. watch <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. uh, but like you know without without saying that the people who do that and the people you know officer flamion out here in Baldwin, like the people yeah. who live lose their lives and sacrifice their 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 you know time and and toil to that line of work are, are incredibly brave and heroic in mm. a lot of ways and that doesn't mean there aren't still problems with it. Now, just like the military can commit abuses without their without it being a bad organization as a whole, you know, like mm -hmm. it's just it's just and this isn't the forum for it because we're a dumb hockey podcast, but like, but I think that's that would be our our encouragement is just like don't react so much. I mean, that's the, to what you see. That's the truth, though. Kind of like what you're saying. Don't react. But like, like do listen, re do but, react, yeah, but don't opinion, like but... don't like knee jerk like I see this this bigger thing must be what they're saying. Mm. I'm against it. Like it's the listen. Listen, thing. you just have to listen on both sides, but especially maybe at a time like this, listen to voices of color and mm. like just hear. 
because ultimately, whether you agree with their conclusions or not, you can't have had their experience. Yeah. You know, and I'm and that's a whole different conversation about you know how hard that is to navigate. But like, it's just just listen. You yeah. don't you don't have to go join a protest necessarily if you if you don't feel inclined to do that. You don't have to give your money, but. Listening with an honest mind and just an, an open heart to to hear what someone else says and what their experience is, whether or not you ultimately, you know, hopefully you can find common ground, whether or not you agree on every solution or every problem. You know, we can all agree, I think, that George Floyd shouldn't be dead right now. Mm-hmm. And most of us can agree on the other side that there shouldn't be targets that are burning to the ground and like mm-hmm. if we can remove the extremes then we can have a conversation that maybe actually does something so that this doesn't happen again in two or three years you know or or whatever the case is i don't know yeah but i don't know if you have more you want to say um you know like we can linger here as long as you want to uh i'm yeah. happy to just go into the episode whenever too but yeah I, like you were saying i think it's just pay attention because like this is the sort of stuff where I talked to a friend and I was like, this is very historic. And someone was like, well, we had like the protests for like Michael Brown in mm-hmm. 2014, which I think were historic as well, yeah. at least in our area. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of saying like, see, that's, this stuff has happened before. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think it's happened to this scale mm-hmm. in a long time. Yeah. And I was like, at very least for that, you should pay attention and see what's going on. I mean, I've been glued to like Twitter and the internet like for the past like week and a half, just mm-hmm. because something happens every day. And while it, and again, sort of like I was saying with the with entertainment media, you kind of do want to use that. Just like man, there's so much. I need mm-hmm. to kind of like take a step back. And I encourage you to every once in a while because like just mental, mental health, health. Is still yeah. Yeah, 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 seriously, that can really wear on somebody. But yeah, I'd say listen, pay attention. Um, like you said, if if you want to help, please go out and help. Uh, if you can't, it's understandable. Again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just I would just say because this has to do with this has to do with changing people's hearts and minds. I'd say, yeah, like you said, listen with an open heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a a good point to put on the end of it, and and you know I don't we haven't done the rest of the episode yet, so it might weave its way back in and out. It is kind of dominating the public consciousness, but uh, thank you for bearing with us and and listening to that, and uh, you know we'll get started with the show, I guess. Steven, this is uh, Matt Doherty, Dave slash Les Averman here. Uh, I uh, come into you through the World Wide Web's uh, a podcast fan who'd like to remain anonymous requested me through telepathic powers to roast your uh, your ass actually because I hear you have a podcast about the St. Louis Blues at Amateur Hockey Club, and rumor has it that you think you can handle the flying V. With real ducks, I don't think you could. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen the way they kind of waddle. It ain't good. So.
So um, I don't think that that bodes very well for you, your blues, or your podcast. I think I've successfully roasted you. I tried to keep the gloves on. I could have gone a lot worse, but uh, trying to keep it in under a minute. So, but whatever it is, man, you keep the um, keep the lights on while every, everything's dark with sports and telling stories right now is really critical. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll get back on the ice again soon. Okay, now we're back. And we were already here, but now we're <laughs> Now it's hockey time. Now it's hockey time. Except it's not hockey time. Well, it's that's so true. far and away. It's also high noon sunset time, oh, yeah. for me at least. Brought to you by not Blue Moon at all, but for some reason I went a you good month new. of my life thinking that this was like a Blue Moon product. It's not. Where have you seen? Have you just seen this? I've heard. Years? I mean, they're, they're taking over. White oh, Claw is a thing of the past, Ian. Oh, White Claw's dead. It's all about Nooners, baby. It's all about Nooners. Who says Nooners? (laughs) People. And where? I guess I'm just very hip and connected, you know? Yeah, you're right. I read the newspaper. That's right. It's very good, and I like it. Ian hates it. I, uh... It tastes like what I thought it would taste like, which is fine. I, uh, I'm not a, a manly alcohol drinker. As, as this is made Do we clear. still have, you must still have, then, our Pink Whitney. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can indulge anytime you'd like. <laughs> I'll pour it in here and water it down. But, uh, which it would sadly actually do if you oh, could God. combine it with this existing uh, alcoholic beverage. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a manly alcohol drinker. But I also have never felt compelled to be. I don't know. I've, no. never, I've never felt... You know, if you're drinking alcohol and you like high noons, who gives a fuck? I see people drinking whiskey. I see it's them like, drinking bourbon and all that. Is that, the, that could be the same thing to me, too. Yeah. And then it's in a giant cup. I believe bourbon is a, a brand, yeah. like a specific type of whiskey. You got your giant, like, shooter mm-hmm. glass and your giant, like, ball of ice. And there's barely any alcohol. Yeah. And then they sip on it. Oh, that's smooth. And every time I'm drinking whiskey, I thought, Jesus Christ, kill me. <laughs> Is that smooth? Is that what that's supposed to be? I I must have just drinking shit. I, mean, uh, I, might, I might have honestly because I haven't drank a lot of that, but I, I, it never appeals. And to if me. you listen, if you like whiskey, by all means enjoy yeah, it. But like, it. please don't be the guy that's like sipping whiskey. You know those people that love IPAs, but like, no, you know you don't. You know, like, cause it's don't be that guy. Just drink I, what you like. I think IPAs became popular. I could be wrong, but because like they're easy for home brewers to mm-hmm. brew, because if it just tastes like shit, you just add more hops to it, and then it just becomes an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, well, we we covered that up with hops. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, it's either that or it's grapefruit flavored, which must cover up the shit taste. And I'm i never like that either. I saw something from like Four Hands or Civil Life or somebody today that was like a berry Kolsch. I was like, that is too much. No. That's, that's that's going too I'm far. I'm such a boring human, but I just like beer that's like lager beer. Uh-huh, and yeah. It's like, oh, we're a pilsner. And yeah. people tell me that just tastes like beer. And I'm like, perfect. Give me something that's, that's blonde or brown. And that's yeah. all I want. Don't give me any of this chocolate milk stout bullshit. I can have like five sips. I'm like, oh, oh milk stout. I'm like, oh, this is like a vanilla bean. Interesting. <laughs> and then after the fifth sip, I'm like, fuck this. And they gave me a glass that's like fucking a liter. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, nasty. <laughs> someone chugs that. That's like drinking milk. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I yeah, I don't get it. So leave us here with our high noons brought to you by High Noon Sun Sips, bottled in Memphis, Tennessee. There we go. So, you know, 
Very manly, Memphis, Tennessee, local, almost, oh, okay. almost local. I mean, Memphis is almost in Missouri. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so we are back to hockey talk. Uh, for those of you that have skipped ahead, <laughs> and for those of you that have been born with us, we're going to talk about uh, Minnesota Duluth product Scott Perunovich to start because he received another top hockey college hockey award, college hockey. Uh, he won the Jim Johansson College Player of the Year Award, awarded by USA Hockey on Friday. The award, established in 1994, recognizes the accomplishment of the top American-born player in men's college hockey. The Hibbing Minnesota product said, It's definitely exciting for sure, especially during this time of quarantine with my family. <laughs> I love how the article clarifies <laughs> coronavirus quarantine as if there was any confusion. He That's right. Uh, said Brunovich, who was earlier named the Hobie Baker Award winner. It's something to look forward to and share together. It means a lot to my family, my teammates, and the city of Duluth. I don't think the city of Duluth cares that much. No. Maybe it does. Maybe there's some... I mean, they probably are super into UMD hockey, but... I don't know, you know, I don't even think if, like, Truman State had had an athlete win something, I don't think the Townies in Kirksville would have given a damn. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. after, th- <laughs> after three seasons at UMD, Perunovich signed a two-year entry-level contract with the St. Louis Boys in March. He was selected 45th overall by them in the 2008 and 18 NHL draft. 2008? You know, he'd only be like 32. <laughs> so, He's finally here. Um, uh, you know, not not a lot of analysis to do there, but just an, another exciting award for uh, Perunovic. I don't really know the last time, I guess Oshie maybe, that we had a player, like a high-profile prospect developing through the college system. We've had a lot of guys coming through college. They just don't usually end up being our top players and stuff so yeah i don't know i can't that oh she was und right so he was uh no he was um north dakota or whatever und that's what i meant with the university of north dakota but i don't know what yeah he played with tams and all that you could have told told us something oh she he probably did you know what because remember when tarasenko was like hey go I don't eat Panera. You That's know what? that. You know that, Vladdy. You know we're a bust for this head coach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, Perunovich, another uh, trophy in his cabinet. Good for him. I'm excited. Do you? Does he play over... Man, I'm trying to think of what would be the number. Does he play over 10 games with the Blues next year? Next season. Oh, I, Whatever that season is. I thought you is. were asking about this season. Um, because I could see him bouncing up and down. I could, but I'm not sure that he will. It'll be interesting. I don't know. He's got height and he's got momentum, and those help. But yeah, I mean, you could see him bouncing up and down for sure. I feel like I would think. I think he gets past ten, though. I'd say past ten. Yeah, I don't think he plays a full season by any <laughs> means with the Blues. I hope that they give him a, more of a shot, yes, because of all the accolades, and he is a little bit older, you know, they're not bringing in, like, a 19-year-old, he's, like, 22 already, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I would really enjoy seeing him up here, it would make next season even more interesting than it will already be whenever it starts. Whatever it looks like, whoever's involved. Why are we talking about next season when we're currently in this season? Yeah, we're still, still delaying this season. Uh, there is news on the NHL's return, players may start practicing in small groups 
starting on Monday, June 8th. It is confirmed that the qualifying round will be best of five and all playoff rounds will be best of seven and there will not be a set bracket. Matchups will be based upon the seed position of the remaining teams in rounds one and two. So overall good. Sehr gut, as the Germans say. I gotta tell you, when they said that they would be reseeding for rounds one and two, my dumb ass was like, and not rounds three and four? And I was like, oh, oh Ian, use a little you critical know, thinking. You know, I don't necessarily as much see the need to reseed for round two, but I definitely do for round one. Mm. I always didn't want the bracket. Because then why are you having the round robin? Yeah. And then when they, you could just screw people over anyway. They confirmed you know? that too, I think, that the round robin for sure will be if you are if you're tied with a team in your round robin group when everyone everything's said and done, it will be point percentage from okay. the season. That's so good. blues have the tiebreaker across the board. That's good. I do like that. Uh the other less less newsy but pretty widespread rumor of the day is that the actual NHL season will not be getting underway until very late July or probably August, uh, which, you know, at this rate is around the corner. They said that would be formal training. Oh, so that's not even the season. Okay. Mm. Um, You know, I don't might not start until September. Whack. So it's just the season. So that's just the season. I get Everyone that's I've seen that has said, "Oh, just cancel already, just cancel it." I was with you, like at the. I was with you in March. If they canceled it three months ago, fine. Yeah, I was with you in March, but now I'm like, no, because this is uh, everything that's happened is such BS and mm-hmm. just like weird. And I don't mean that in, like a mean way. I just mean it's all made up. Yeah. So just go with it. Just I don't care. And it doesn't affect me at all. If like as a human being, if like the team, if we start playing again in February mm-hmm. and we run it into September again next year. Give a shit. I yeah, don't care. I just want hockey back. Yeah. You know, and and I also at the same time know that it's not going to be normal hockey for a while. So just do what you can do. You yeah. know, what if you weird? It's not going. Yeah, it's not going to be a quick reset. Even when people say let's cancel it, let's just start in October like we always do. It's still going to be weird. Some these people have not played in so long. Yeah, it's going to be a weird October. It's going to be weird. No matter still, what. I don't know if you'll be, you know, be able to have crowds then. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the coronavirus I, is anymore. I that's saw. the one big consequence of the of the big news. I mean, there's lots of big consequences, mm-hmm. but that's the one like thing that I'm still. I've, oh, so this is just not the main headline every day as it has been for the last mm-hmm. two months. You know, like isn't that like really if you if you don't consider like yes all the repercussions and social repercussions all this stuff is the coronavirus the the protesting but if you just think about it isn't it crazy that there was a pandemic that ruled the news and you're like well this is what this year will be about Uh this will be about the pandemic and there was something that became just as big not bigger and it's like oh never mind who would have thought something (laughs) could have like been bigger than the pandemic yeah and that i mean as a consequence i felt like i knew every development about the coronavirus for like two months and now i'm like i don't know does it still exist yeah right i'm like i have no idea i mean i know i know the one thing i do know is that the health director of missouri said that none of the people at the ozarks that weekend that everybody criticized developed it so that's good Mm -hmm. i guess but like i don't know 
I don't know. Someone who knows? said if you touch stuff, if someone touches yeah. something, you touch it, it's harder it's to get it. It's pretty unlikely to get it. So, like, I'm still waiting for all of this. And then I've heard overall reports which are like, oh, actually, the strains are just weakening over time, and it's just going to get weaker and weaker, which is like, okay, if that's true, then are we done? Like, are we, is it over? I, I don't get it. But That is the weird thing. Uh, when will this? When is there going to be a statement from, like... Like the world, like yeah, we need like, the world to be like, yeah. So we're done the Lord with of this. The earth to be like it is done. Yeah, <laughs> leave your house. Now. Which is like, yeah, because you're always gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still wearing masks, and I commend everyone to do that because it's easy and it protects, you know, other people, which is the bigger. Oh, I concern, might wear it like, next year just because I don't like getting sick. Yeah, but like, uh, and people freak out and leave me alone. That's so. right. <laughs> and then, that's right. Uh, but. Yeah, it is very disorienting to be like, oh, we're all over here doing this thing, and then, whoa, you know, which is, like, not to make light of either situation, but, like, yeah, it's, it's been strange. I'm waiting for our big third thing. There's got to be, like, a third thing, you know? Yeah. Like, and you're an, they're, they're monitoring an asteroid that's supposed to uh-huh, become, like, that's some true, billion yeah. miles near the Earth, but it's real close. Yeah, I hate that, I because I, the headlines are so clickbaity, and oh, then yeah. it's like, yeah, it might be as close as, like, two galaxies away, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. What was the one I saw? So not. I saw like two or three weeks ago, they said like NASA discovers um, parallel universe uh-huh. because it was something about energy they thought was, should flow one way and they found it was flowing another way and it was weird for their scanner. And they're like, oh, that, that could be a parallel universe. And they listed in the article that said this five other things it could be. Uh-huh. But they're like, but it could be that and that's the most intriguing one, but it could be any of these. And so then people on Twitter are like, parallel universe, they discovered <laughs> parallel universe to the point that NASA had to come out and go, we did not discover a parallel universe. Everyone calm the fuck down. Naturally. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, the internet is a hive. <laughs> I love the internet, and it's also just the worst. The worst thing. Uh, well, the, the second worst thing, if not the internet, Max Kellerman. Uh, Actually, this is where we descend into madness. That's right. Um, you know, I feel like we're kind of quick-firing through some of our NHL topics today, but... Uh, Max Kellerman made headlines with a little, uh, little speech, little speecheroo, little speecheroo, which I think I have the technical wizardry to to cut in and paste here if I pause for a second and remind myself. Uh, so let's listen to Max Kellerman here. Listen, I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but. In, in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey. You know, the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans. They all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. So it's not one of the four major team sports. So that was Max Kellerman talking about the uh, failures and failings of the NHL as a popularity uh, as a popular sport, basically claiming that no one cares about the NHL except for the 20,000 season ticket holders in any given city. Uh, and that's not fair. I would say there are at least 35,000 people that care about the Blues. <laughs> but um, does he have a point? And more importantly, are you already as tired as I am of everyone in the hockey Twitter community being really butthurt about this? Yeah. Like he's not a shock jock who says this kind of crap every single day, but just for this one time decided to pick on hockey. Yeah, like, I've got nothing against mm-hmm. Max Kellerman. Dude's making a living. Like, I don't I don't complain at all, but, like, that's what uh, what First Take, pardon the interruption, whichever show it is, First Take. Yeah, First Take. Uh, that's what that show's about, is saying soundbitey things that yeah. make people on Twitter angry. Yeah, this is the show that used to have, uh, what's his face? Skip on? Bayless? Yeah, Skip Bayless. So, like, you know what they're going for. Mm-hmm. So... 
it's funny that people are all butthurt just because that's just the please like my sport crowd. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, hockey is the best sport. And the thing is, if you think that's true and we all think that's true, that's great. But other people don't have to think that. And that's fine. I'm not, I sh you know what, I should reverse this. It doesn't, I'm not really talking about opinions here and like, you know, your own little happy opinion of hockey is the best for me. It's just like, who gives a shit? Right. I guess it's like, it's, well, it's not, it's, it's not as popular in America as a lot of sports, a lot mm -hmm. of sporting events. March Madness probably gets more viewership than hockey does, like at like its peak and everything. And it makes sense and that's fine and that's just the way it is. But I think they've talked a lot on, um, what's that on steve dangles podcast where it's like hockey is so good at being a very personal sport where it's yes. like to the communities and to the communities that enjoy the sport you know i'm thinking of like big cities that have big hockey teams that they enjoy your bostons your detroits your pittsburgh's you know even st louis and things like that minneapolis those are communities that love hockey mm -hmm. and hockey loves them and someone that's in San Francisco that loves the Warriors and I get San Jose's down the road like doesn't give a shit about hockey and they don't care about your team yeah. or city and that's just the truth well and, and that's why it doesn't do as well as other things because again in a weird and a whole other tangent it's just a hard to play sport or like it's hard to get into sports expensive, expensive yeah. lots of equipment all this sort of stuff so there's just not going to be as many people watching and I think if you want to push the narrative like someday we'll get there we got to be one of these top four sports it's never going to happen and you're always going to be disappointed. Oh, but also, like, I agree with you in general, but, like, uh, this is kind of, it's a, it's sort of analogous to what we talked about in our introduction in a much less serious arena, but, like, you have this one perspective. You should listen to the people that are saying hockey is unpopular mm -hmm. instead of sticking your fingers in your ears and saying, nani, 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 I can't hear you. Like, there's a reason Max Kellerman thinks hockey is unpopular because compared to other sports, it is. Mm -hmm. And like, if you really want what's best for the game, and if you really want it to be a, a big four sport or whatever that means, then you should listen to what he's saying rather than reject it and actually try and engage with like, what does hockey do well? Because it does do extremely well some of that community stuff, mm -hmm. and you know, and Gary Bettman's biggest strength I think has been developing markets even some non-traditional markets i mean he you know he prides himself on the non-traditional market well, like i don't think he's been as successful as he'd like mm -hmm. to believe in like arizona and florida but he'll always say and in, in response to that that um uh austin matthews came from arizona and didn't somebody pretty big come from florida fairly recently i think um oh quinn hughes is from or the hughes brothers yeah, are from yeah, florida. yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like gosh uh -huh. so people. So like you know that'll be his retort and and there's a point there you know but but I don't think you're you're never I've got a book that I need to read but I will you know I know the premise of called Before the Lights Go Out and and the whole point of that book is by Sean I think it's by Sean Fitzgerald of the Athletic mm -hmm. the whole point is like this sport is extremely expensive and it's prohibitive for people of color to enter and people that are uh, poor to enter. And um, we need to address that if we want it to grow and, and, and continue to thrive. And, and I think one of the things the NHL just gets so, 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 so wrong is marketing its stars in any meaningful way, because right now the NHL has as many young stars as you can possibly want. And even the teams that 
you know, even the teams that are really, really struggling have some young studs, you know, Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat in Ottawa and mm-hmm. Dylan Larkin and Philip Sedina and, and Detroit. And, and I don't think the average person knows who Connor McDavid is, much less Philip Sedina. <laughs> so, like, I, I basically am more on your side where it's like, who cares if they think this? Mm-hmm. But also, if you're upset, engage with it and try to get better Instead of just saying, but my sport's the best. Because, yeah, you think your sport's the best. A lot of other people tune in and think, what the hell is icing? And Mm -hmm. why are there only six people on the ice now when there were ten before overtime? And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, who the hell is Vladimir Tarasenko? Like, those are big barriers for people. And, you know, they're just not. Because people, the stars of the NBA and the NHL, and to a lesser extent MLB, are just in the zeitgeist a lot more than hockey players are and and if you want to fix that try and fix it but don't just deny it and mm-hmm. pretend that max kellerman isn't basically speaking the truth you know i was gonna say yeah it's just to me it seems like that's the truth and that's okay i mm-hmm. guess but also if you want to expand hockey to like anyone listening i always say and i'm sure everyone already knows this too because they're big hockey fans like if you want someone to be interested in hockey bring them to a hockey oh, game yeah. because from my personal experience with like a handful, like five or six different people that have not cared about hockey in the least, when I've brought them to a game and they've watched, and they know none of the rules other than a puck goes in the net and score, mm-hmm. they enjoy it so much more mm-hmm. than watching it on TV. Yeah. You get a full view, you get to see everything when it's on TV and you, you have the boards that are near you, you can't see the puck half the time. Like, very hard to sell. But like when you bring someone there, especially to a meaningful game, Blues versus the Blackhawks, something like that. It's the energy you can sell people on. And so yeah. sometimes I always think, man, hockey needs to try and sell the energy a lot more, I think, because sometimes they kind of try and sell, like, good old boys game or, mm-hmm. like, you know, the tradition or whatever. Yeah. But if you want, if you're having an MLB problem where everyone's aging out of the sport, you need to start bringing youth by being, like, we have personalities, we have personalities that are like you, yeah. and we also have people that smash people on the boards or whatever that's the one thing i always think when they say well hitting's eventually just going to go away or fighting and yada yada fighting maybe but you got to keep it physical yeah. like as physical as you possibly can because that's that's the weird draw some people get i mean mm-hmm. not really weird it makes sense it's like oh this is sport they're on skates they shoot oh you're telling me they can level a dude <laughs> in the middle of the ice like because other than football unless they have the ball you're not allowed to do that in any other yeah. sport so it's like it's just you got to market it differently, I think, if, a little differently if you mm-hmm. want uh, it to grow more than it is. But again, like I said, I think if you think if you think it's ever going to be number one in America, you've lost. You, you <laughs> will always you will always be upset. Yeah. So just hope that it gets that it becomes popular. For a while there, I mean, I was five at the time. I believe in the '90s it was pretty huge. I think it was getting pretty close to being big. I would almost say basketball big, but then I watched the Last Dance and I realized not even close. No. <laughs> but maybe like baseball at the time big or something yeah. like there were a lot of a lot of people knew a lot of different hockey players and i think i think that uh, that lockout just murdered this uh-huh. league but you know i, I so have no more lockouts i have multiple friends i've talked to just at work who have said oh yeah i loved hockey until the lockout yeah and or like until the strike you know and it's like i also think you just gotta understand like people who don't watch hockey 
can't watch hockey on TV. Like, and people who don't watch hockey mm-hmm. don't know where the puck is. Mm-hmm. And I've told I've told people I'm like just follow, just assume as a baseline that wherever the center of the camera is, yeah, like they're really good at finding it. So just follow that. It's but it's like the, watch the players look yeah, where they're looking. But, but it's like still hard. if you're just brand new, this stuff that's second nature to us is completely foreign to them. So like like you said, take people to a game. Work on if you if you really want to sp- spread the game. Work on making one or two of your close friends big hockey fans yeah. that aren't right now, and that's how you do it. But also, I don't really care that much because it's not like it's dying. Mm. It's just not, you know, everyday popular, and and I don't really care. You know, I mean, how many people came out to the Blues Cup parade? Like three million. So it's not like people don't care. I know it wasn't three million. Yeah. It was like one million though. Like people yeah. do care, in passing you know so like it's fine um but that was max kellerman and it's his job to be divisive uh people whose job it is not be whose job it is not to be divisive but who still managed to do it oh so well anyway uh include uh ottawa senators owner eugene melnick who is a piece of human garbage (laughs) uh we used to have a, a drop for the uh, Senator Sadness Corner. <laughs> I don't know if I have that anymore, but I'm just going to go ahead and pause and see if I can throw it in there anyway. No disrespect no... to our Canadian listeners. <laughs> oh, no. Disrespect to oh. our Can- You know what, Canada? Fuck. Get it together. Eugene Melnick is a bad person. He's a bad, he's a bad, he's a bad person. Like people, there are people who do bad things that aren't necessarily corrupt at their core. You make a mistake here and there, you know, everybody does. Everybody's fallen and, you know, not perfect, but like Eugene Melnick is human trash. He's, he's the embodiment of, of, uh, of, um, Satan. Satan, yeah. (laughs) As Dean Blondell tweets, the Ottawa Senators Foundation, the, the, the the branded Ottawa Senators charity yeah. just fired the Ottawa Senators because Eugene Melnick is a dick. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can find their statement in here. In my life, I've never seen the official charity arm of a pro sports team fire that pro sports team ever. Then there are the Ottawa Senators. Statement regarding the agreement between the Ottawa Senators Foundation and Capital Sports and Entertainment. June 4th, 2020, Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators Foundation issued the following statement today regarding its Club Foundation Agreement with Capital Sports and Entertainment Incorporated, which is the Eugene Melnick brand that owns the team. Uh, On July 31st, 2020, the agreement between the Ottawa Senators Foundation and the club, which grants the foundation the right to use club trademarks, including the Ottawa Senators name, expires. For 22 years, the foundation has benefited immensely from its relationship with the Ottawa Senators Hockey Club. We've worked closely with the club, its players, alumni, staff, corporate partners, and fans, as well as the community at large. And together, we have made a measurable difference in the lives of children and youth throughout the national capital region. Ottawa is Canada's nation's capital. Fun fact for those who didn't know, which is some people listening. We have enough listeners that I know one or two people didn't know. And if it's you, that's fine. Yeah, you learned something. Now you know. Um, We are proud of what we have accomplished together. Not Ontario's capital, though. Ironically, mm-hmm. Toronto still fills that royal. So some people that live there don't know weird. that. Imagine if Jefferson City was the nation's capital, but uh, Kirksville is the state's capital. Or no, I guess it'd be more like 
uh, Kansas City was the state's capital and Jefferson City was the nation's capital. But in any case, um, we are proud of what we have accomplished together from the construction of Roger Nielsen House and 15 Cents Rink to our longstanding partnership with CHEO and its foundation to providing thousands of no-cost opportunities for kids to play sports, attend summer camps, pursue an education, or access physical and mental health services via programs we have funded with incredible charities. As a first priority, we will look to fulfill our current operational legal, legal and charitable obligations by July 31st, 2020, after which we will focus on the foundation's future. In the meantime, we thank the Ottawa Senators for 22 years of partnership and the generosity of people and businesses throughout the region for supporting the work of the foundation, resulting in thousands of game-changing opportunities for kids. The foundation will not be making any further comment at this time. There are dumpster fires and there's an abandoned ship fires. When the namesake charity associated with the NHL club decides to fire the NHL club for responding responsible for funding that charity, there's an abandoned ship fire. The really funny part of the story, the official Sins Twitter account posted the notice without the Ottawa Senators knowing they were going to post it. <laughs> hey, yikes. Um... Rumor is owner Eugene Melnick hasn't lived up to many promises he's made to the Sins Foundation. He's neck deep in debt, which would surprise no one after casinos and private jet companies started publicly shaming Melnick last year to pay his bills and outstanding debts in the millions. No matter the impetus, being fired by their official charity in a time when charitable giving is down 98% in Canada is another brick in the embarrassing wall of perpetual Eugene Melnick accidentally clicked on his face and got his picture. A perpetual shame Melnick has built around a once-proud franchise. Had someone not given Melnick half their not liver a few years ago, none of this would have happened, oh, by the way. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Be careful who you donate organs to. <laughs> wow. uh, but the bigger rumor here, if I can find it, uh, is that a big reason for this is that the senators were charging their own charitable organization hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent per year. Uh, I'm trying to find the reason for that or like the, the exact tweets where I've seen that featured, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, speechless. I'm speech. I'm speechless. Yeah. I don't know how you mistreat a charity organization, much less your own charity organization. Like, is this not the time where Gary Bettman has to say, okay, you can't own this team anymore? I think he has, like, Gary Bettman photos or something. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so sad because there's so many NHL franchises that I look at and I go, woof. But, like, a lot of them, it feels like they made their own bed, you know? So you gotta lay in it. But it also, but for the uh, Senators, it feels like they're a fine team and generally run organization, but their owner is just shit. Their owner is rotten at the top and it just seeps down through everything. You know, he doesn't spend money on players, doesn't spend money on, on getting a new arena. He's not spending money on their charity. Like, what is he saving all this money for? Has he run out of money? Does he no longer make money? Mm -hmm. Because I would think this guy that's a multimillionaire will be able to spare a little bit of money for this charity organization. You already look bad with everything you've done, and then you get rid of a charity organization. I feel like that's like times for 
Pokemon weaknesses. I feel like if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, you know, that's like Steel Fire or whatever. Yeah, if I'm a ground rock type and I'm getting hit with water, that's times four, baby. <laughs> like you were cheap, and you're like, that's terrible. And you were cheap with your charity organization, that's even worse. Like Jesus. Uh, doesn't that click in your head? No, we doesn't, don't have a brain. This I don't guy. Think so. Doesn't that just sound like a bad PR move? Rick Gibbons. Yeah. I'll, I'll touch on that in a moment. Rick Gibbons of the Ottawa Sun, Sun writes, uh, There are a lot of issues that led to this fracture, but money was at the heart of it, especially when it came to the manner in which the foundation allocates millions of dollars it raises annually for major galas, other fundraising events, and 50-50 draws. The charity prides itself in supporting youth programs right across the region and believes that such support is the primary reason the community supports the charity in return, but the owner team's owner wants a good portion of the money directed to other initiatives, including his own pet project, Organ Donation Awareness, which, uh, you know, I, I get yeah. why. I'm, not a bad thing yeah. in the abstract, yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, suffice to say the argument has become nasty. Melnick's interest in organ donation was triggered by his own personal experience, yada, yada, yada. Months following the procedure, Melnick created a new foundation in Toronto or intended to raise public awareness of organ donations. However, it never fully got off the ground. A promised relaunch this spring with an expanded mandate has yet to happen. In the meantime, he has been agitated for years for the SENS Foundation to support uh, organ donation awareness. That came to a head this week. In a statement Thursday, the team admitted it wants future fundraising dollars to be directed to a wider range of causes, including organ donation. The decision to part ways is a high-risk proposition for both parties. The foundation has played a critical role in building community relationships from which the franchise benefits. Diverting money to a Toronto-based organ donation awareness initiative, as well as other projects, wouldn't be considered with the foundation, wouldn't be consistent with the foundation's traditional mandate and might erode community support members of the foundation believe. It's not the foundation that connected me to the team, Vern White said in an interview. Senator Vern White, I guess he's on the board of directors. Um, the root of the problem lies in a misperception held by Melnick from the outset of the ownership of his ownership regarding how the foundation fits into his franchise. He sees it as an extension of the business as opposed to a quasi-independent entity with its own mandate. Doesn't he see and everything as an extension of the business? <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I mean, which course. is true, but also not. Um, Another sore point has been the high rent Melnick charges the foundation. It's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars annually, I'm told. Charging rent is not believed to be a common practice by other sports franchises <laughs> with charitable foundations. Two years ago, a study by Charity Intelligence Canada concluded that the Senator's Foundation directed less than half the money it raises to charitable projects. The rest was taken up in fundraising and administrative costs, including rent. Presumably. The messy breakup between Melnick and the Senator's Foundation is another public relations blow for a teetering franchise and an owner who has become synonymous with controversy throughout the sports world. Well, not throughout, because nobody in the Basketball Association knows who Eugene Melnick is, but uh, good you try. probably think he's their owner. That's Canada, so, <laughs> you know. Is that our <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> old white Sounds guy. like a white guy, yeah. Uh, its fans have been an open revolt for at least two years, culminating in the lowest attendance in the league last year. This latest incident will again test the patience of its remaining fan base at a critical juncture when the team is in the midst of a major rebuild, as if things weren't already tough 
enough. Are they just going to move that team? They, ha- I don't know. Like Someone's got to go. I don't know about moving it because then you got to find somewhere else to put it. But like, and that's not really how. Enough. How can they let? How can this league not disband Melnick? Isn't that an embarrassment that's happening in your nation's capital? Yeah. Like, in a, in a Canadian, if this well, was I mean, 20 minutes outside their nation's oh, capital, yeah. but yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, if this was happening in Phoenix or it's happening in Arizona, it'd be like, oh, woof. But people would be like, whatever. But this is happening in Ottawa, which I get a little bit of a smaller market. People in the U.S. don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But apparently people in Canada don't give a shit about either, and it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest yeah, I mean, I, thing. I guess they don't think of like ottawa as like we think of dc as like the place where it's all going down you know mm-hmm. but like at the same time it's still your nation's capital mm-hmm. you know like i i kind of get when they don't give a shit about winnipeg because it's the middle of the country and who cares but uh, it's like this is in between montreal and toronto Ge- geographically alone i feel like shouldn't you care about this isn't this the weird east coast bias thing i hear about one of my fascinations in life is the the concept of optics like how things appear in public i know it sounds nerdy but like no i just hate that word yeah it's an awful word president of our company would always talk about optics uh, i'd be like well maybe other people just need to grow the fuck yeah well there there's a reality to it where it's like optics shouldn't be an issue if you're just a decent person and act you know compose yourself comport yourself well but but like no but seriously i think about things like two examples that just spring to mind the the rams logo fiasco their whole redesign and as we've talked about a ton which i hope people have seen which we will definitely dig into deeper detail on our stl lads podcast when we reconvene i assume next week sometime Mm. uh the david getta thing which uh is him doing an EDM remix of uh, the Martin Luther King I Have a Dream speech, dude. No! I want to say, like, I'm, I know there were a lot of people who took it really seriously and were super offended. To me, it's just like... I'm not offended, it's just It's just stupid. so stupid. It's yeah, it's, but it's like, you know, it's like harmlessly dumb, but so dumb. And I like, don't think, yeah, I think it's dumb like a child. Yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> no, clearly. <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like... I mean, more so with the Rams, because that's something a whole organization builds over years. It's not just one lonely French DJ in his 50s somehow who's like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to heal America, you know, but like, (laughs) uh, whereas Kevin Demoff of the Rams is like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to heal Los Angeles, (laughs) you know, same, same accent. bring the police Uh, together. but like how how the point of all that is like every time one of these things happen, I just am fascinated by the group dynamics with like the Rams thing where it's mm. like how many people played a role in this for it to still come out like that. Yeah. And that's so important. Like of, of, of all the things that a sports team does, like that's that's where it starts. That's all of your branding, all of your merchandise, all of it goes through the funnel of how you redesign your team. So of all the things, how do you blow it so badly? And how many people have to be either yes men Mm -hmm. or group thinked into believing that yeah let's just go forward with this That's what it's I mean. either i gotta it... hope that someone was like super strong this might be one of your points mm-hmm. super strong like this is what we're doing even though like one or two at least lowly people are like this looks like crap and they're like yeah yeah but we're not listening to you mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
Yeah. I, Please, I hope someone said something I hope negative. somebody got fired over. I, I don't. I want everybody to have their job, but I hope somebody was like, this is, you know, you know that meme of the guy who, like, presents the boardroom idea and then gets thrown out the window? Yeah. Like, I hope that happened. Like, they were all like, this is amazing. And this guy's like, uh, this is terrible. And then he's, like, flying out the window. Like, so, like, with Melnick, it's just like, is there no one who can tell that sad sad, sad old man that, like, you can't do this shit. <laughs> you have millions of dollars in debt to casinos. Mm. You own the least respected franchise in the NHL, I think it's fair to say at this point. Yeah. I mean, if we're strictly talking respect, maybe the Florida Panthers, but the Florida Panthers are a playoff team, baby. Mm. They're not in the, they're in the top 24, they um, run oddly, but they seem to run. Who, the Panthers? Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, I mean, as much as they can with an empty arena. In their case, empty arena, not their fault so yeah, much. Yeah, that's like, okay, of course. It, it, it's already weird that they're like a, a team in South Florida, but then they're in the suburbs on top of that. So, like, what are you going to do? But How like, is the lowest attendance team in the hockey or in the National Hockey League in Canada? Oh, I don't. That, oh, is, that should be unacceptable. And, like, the sad thing is the Sins should be on the rebound. Yeah, they should be fun pretty soon. They're, they're like, kinda pretty much kind of fun now. They've got a lot of young talent. They're going to have three, two of the top, what is it, four? Yeah, two of the top three five? picks, maybe. I mean, well, they've got as, the second and third. But what's the lowest they can oh, be? Is, I guess four yeah, and yeah, five, yeah. right? Theoretically, if they both got bounced. But, like, mm-hmm. two of the top five picks guaranteed in this round, in this year? It's like, how do you screw this up? And that's why I think when we talked about the draft recently, I was kind of like, man, I actually am like, I think Pierre Dorian may be, like, amazing. Because mm-hmm. how, could, how could they even be hockey relevant with that man which they aren't, like, I know they're not wins and losses relevant yet, but, like, how can they ever even be a functional team with that man at the top? It's like those scenes in Moneyball where it's like you've got to pay for your own soda in the dressing room, which I'm sure they do in Ottawa. <laughs> like, I'm sure that shit isn't comp for it's twice them. as much. It's twice as much. Yeah, totally. You I guys just, are rich. I just... Oh, yeah, I feel so bad just because that team, like you said, it looks like they're going to be good slowly but surely. They're young. I'm afraid for some of these older young guys mm-hmm. that eventually when they need to get paid are going to be, like, gone. Yeah. Do they have Anthony Duclair now? Yes. Like, shouldn't they pay that man some amount of money to keep him? Even and they have, like, 30 goals this, this year almost yeah, like, or something like that? pay him because you need people. They constantly have two or three guys that are doing pretty well for them. They're there for a couple of years, more a little more than that, and they get, they get a, they're turned around. They're out the door. They had Matthew Shane. He's gone. They had Eric Carlson for a long time. He's gone. They had uh, Mark Stone. He's gone. You know, they mm. have all these different guys. They bring, they have them for a while, and then they just can't pay them, so they're gone. And it's like, that's just going to happen again. By the time they have this team assembled, Brady Kachuk is going to be gone. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you can't they can't hold on to anyone. And it's not because they don't have enough, like, cap space. It's because he refuses to spend any money. Yeah. And if you're not going to, like, that's the thing. If you're not going to, like, don't they have some sort of rule? Shouldn't there be some sort of under-the-table rule that if you're not going to spend x amount of dollars on your team i get there's a cap floor i understand that but it's like if you're not going to do that over years and years like then we need a new owner we need someone that has more money because you're you're torpedoing this franchise yeah like you're killing it and like i know 
I would say it's not fair, but also these guys are millionaires, so I kind of just don't give a shit. But it's like, just boot him out because like he's fucking up your team. He's fucking up like a portion of your league. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like you shouldn't be allowed to buy a team and then basically run it like it's just anything else because it's not. I get it's a business, but it's not a McDonald's. It's not a Target. It's not whatever. There's a product on the ice. There's people that you are paying. They are your product, and it's like you have to maintain that product in order to make money, and you're like, no, I refuse. If someone ran a Target, was a manager, and they're like, we've run out of milk, people want milk, you're like, no, I'm not buying the milk. And it's like, <laughs> you have to, like, that's what a Target is, it's not my Target. It's yeah. like, they would kick you out because that's what's <laughs> expected. You have to have fucking milk. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Brady Kachuk is milk. That's right. A bag of a milk. Bag of milk. And cost more than a loony. So that's Eugene Melnick. That's the Ottawa Senators' disaster. I don't know. I guess we can move on. Pierre, what's the number one thing you're optimistic about in terms of the Ottawa Senators? Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head? We're a team. You know, right now, we're kind of in a dumpster. They're going toe-to-toe with a Stanley Cup champion Penguins, for God's sakes. They're going to do it. They've made it to OT. They're going to another cup. They... The Senators make the Habs look like a well-oiled machine, okay? This organization is a joke, and they're lucky they have 4,000 season ticket holders this year. That's 4,000 more than they deserve. And the only thing that should be rising in Ottawa is the blood pressure in their fans because the team has learned nothing! It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Eric Carlson is going to San Jose. Super excited as well. Um, I'm excited to come to a good team. Excited because they're excited. Gets me excited. Gets all of our fans excited and our sponsors. We're a team. Okay, so in the show notes it says possible quiz time. Mm-hmm. Not possible. It's a real thing. Okay. It's a real quiz. Who's being quizzed? I guess you. Me, yeah, it's I don't you. Have any questions. You. I've lifted these quizzes from Steve Dangle, but really from a from a person that. Gave them to Steve Dangle. I mean, they're not. Yeah, those people are stupid. Um, So I've got two of them for you, and then I've come up with a third in my head, but we'll do that another time. Okay. So, Stephen, I have 12 questions in this first one for you. And the question is, who scored more goals with the Blues? There'll be two players. I'll give you their names. You tell me, who scored more goals? Career, I assume? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So the such that it is. Yeah. So the first one, who scored more goals with the Blues, Alex Petrangelo or TJ Oshie? Oh Think it over. I think I know that Petrangelo has like a hundred and thirty. Maybe that's low. I have the number here, but I, I will not tell you until later. TJ Oshie. Alex Petrangelo. Has 758 games played. Oh, yeah, I know. He'll hear the games played first. And 109 goals. Okay. TG Oshie, 443 games played. 110. Woo! Got him! <laughs> TG Oshie, indeed. So, Stephen, who scored more goals for the Blues? David Perron or Jaden Schwartz? This counts every Perron. Oh, yeah. Run. Yeah, every Perron. All three of them. <laughs> Like a new hope. I have <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Tron Jedi. 
I have no clue. Um, Jaden Schwartz has been hurt a ton. David Perron has been gone a, a ton. ton. They've both taken leaves of absence. David Perron was not a high volume scorer his first run here. He had white skates. This this is his second season back. Third season back, second season of this run, right? He played he was a cup champion. He yes, won the cup. Here. That was his first that was that his was first time years. back on the third time. <laughs> yes. The first season back, third time. Uh I'm going to say David Perron. Perron has five hundred and fifty games played, hundred and fifty goals, Jaden Schwartz. 520 games played, 146. David Perron is correct. The nooner, baby. It's power man. <laughs> He's feeling the nooner. All right. Who has scored more goals for the Blues, Alexander Steen or David Backus? Ooh. Um, Historic yeah. old humans. That's right. I feel like I've done enough work with our like top ten, like the hockey reference, you know, that mm. I should get these better than I am. But... Um, I'm going to say... One's a former captain. One could have been the captain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crap. David Backus was never that high volume a scorer. And he was here last time. But Alex hasn't done much scoring since he left. But he did have like 30 goal seasons. They're right crap. in there. I'm going to say... That because I haven't heard recently that Alex Steen has passed anyone, I'm going to say David Backus. Alexander Steen, 765 games played, 195 goals. David Backus, 727 games played, 206. Woo! Nooners! <laughs> He's on a nooner. <laughs> All right, Stephen, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues, Pavel Dimitra or Keith Kachuk? I'm so sorry, Justin. <laughs> this cat will be disappointed. This, cat, this also counts all of Keith Kachuk's runs, right? Yeah. It's various period. Pavel Dimitra wasn't here as long as I think I thought he was. But he also was much higher output than I think I thought he was when I look back at it. He, like, replaced... Per, he had, like, a 100-point season or, like, a 98-point season after Brett Hall left. Yeah, he had, like, 80 or 90-point like season. But, but I think a lot of that was assists. Burp. I'm not going to burp. I'm okay. I'm all right, everyone. I'm going to say... Top of Keith Kachuk. Pavel Dimitra, 494 games played. Was that too high or too low? How many do you think he played? Do you think he played 494? Does that feel right to you? That feels that feels right. I thought. It, I, I mean, it is thought, right, but I would have recalculated. Right, I would have recalculated <laughs> to less than that, but I think that's right. Yeah. 494 with 204 goals. Uh-huh. Keith Kachuk, 543 games played. Uh, 208. Woo! Friggin' Nooners! <laughs> He's on a Nooner. <laughs> All right, Stephen, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Is it Pierre Turgeon or is it Al McInnes? Pierre Turgeon is right out. No, he's real good. Al McInnes was here a lot longer, but he wasn't that high a goal scorer. They're very close. Oh, Pierre Turgeon was only here like four years, though. He was like an Islander. 
which is hot. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder Saber, right? Dale or something? Yeah. He was on the Islanders when Dale Hunter? There's too many hunters. Mm-hmm. Like, took his head off from behind oh. after he scored a goal. It was a big deal. Wasn't there a hunter? One of the hunters was a blue, too, right? Mark was a hunter. Mark See, I don't know which fucking hunter it was. There was a man with the last name Hunter, and he killed Pierre Turgeon. But he didn't because then he played for the Blues. But he killed them. Um... I've logicked my way into saying Al McInnes when I know that's probably wrong. Pierre Turgeon has played 327 games for the Blues. So yeah, not that many. 134 goals. Al McInnes almost double game, 613, 127. So it is Pierre Turgeon. Ah, damn it. But you knew you were wrong, so that's like half a point. Yeah. That's like half a point. All right. This is... This is what I consider what we did five. We've gone through five. This is where I think it gets fun, Stephen. This is the fun seven. You know, you've heard it before, the fun seven. <laughs> Stephen, the question is, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues, Ivan Barbashev or Vladimir Saboka? Oh, I thought you were going to say Tarasenko. I was like, I think I know that one. Crap, that seems hard. My gut is saying Vladimir Saboka. Right off the top, so I'm going Vladimir Savoka. I'm going to be wrong. The Nooners betrayed me. But <laughs> Ivan Barbashev, 232 games played, which is insane. That's a lot of games uh-huh. for him already. Uh, 37 goals. Vladimir Saboka, 329 games played, 41 goals. Oh, man. Saboka it is. So close. So close to wrong. Uh, I second-guess myself so much on these. Don't. I knew. Nooner, baby. Don't. Go with what you feel. Who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues, Paul Stasny or Lee Stepniak? Top of Lee Stepniak, captain of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, honorary captain. Do they have a captain? Derek England, right? Yes. That's an embarrassment. I mean, it'll Get be Mark Stone, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is that is that sad? But they've only had three seasons. I got a so Mark like Stone him. autograph in uh, hockey cards the other day. I'll have to show you. Ah, very nice. Um, very nice. Who are, who, who, I forgot. Paul Stastny <laughs> and Lee Stephanie. Future, actual current Vegas Golden Knight and should have been current captain of the Vegas Golden Knight. There's a theme, it's just that. That was the theme. Was it? For those two. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, I just want to be Paul Stastny probably Jeff had Merrick. about 63 goals as a St. Louis Blue. So, maybe a little more than that. So, did Lee Stempniak pass 63 goals? I had no idea how many games Lee Stempniak played as a blue before he was in the Maple Leaf. I know that I was surprised. the Maple Leafs wanted him. I'm going to say Lee Stempniak. And I'm going to revise my Paul Stastny estimate to 58 goals. 58. Very close. <laughs> Paul Stasny, 267 games played with 56 goals. Lee Stepniak, 233 games played with 57. Woo! Nooner, baby! It's all over. I am winning with the Nooner. I enjoy this one. Steven, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Matt D'Agostini? That's my boy. Or, or Yori Laterra. Oh, I thought it was going to be Magnus Payarvi. Um, I really want to put Payarvi in this, but I couldn't find a good one. Um, Matt D'Agostini or Yori Laterra. Wow. Yori Laterra had one really good year, but so did Matt D'Agostini. So the did same Matt player. They're the same player. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Matt, Matt D'Agostini, D'Agostini was is much here better. when we were terrible. <laughs> Yuri Letero has more assists. Had over heart, my head is saying Yuri Letero. But fuck him. I'm going to say Matt D'Agostini. <laughs> fuck Yuri Letero. Matt D'Agostini, 160 games played with 31 goals. Letero, 218 games played. 30 goals. Yes! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Oh, Yori. Oh, we hardly knew you. I gotta tell you, I thought I you were either gonna bomb this or do really well, and you're doing very well. well thank you. I would uh, snort some cocaine in his honor if I had any, but <laughs> the Rona has been hard on us. <laughs> Stephen, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Is it Tyler Bozak or is it Dimitri Yaskin? Uh, KHL MVP Dimitri Yaskin. Mm-hmm. Scored... No more than 18 points in a season as a blue, but did it over five or six seasons. Tyler Bozak. This doesn't count playoff goals, I'm assuming. Mm. Scored probably 15 last year and like 12 this year, which would be 27 total. I'm going to say Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak has played 139 games, 26 goals. Dimitri Askin, 266 games, 25 goals. Yes! Woo! Uh, I just want to say 15 plus 12, 27. Pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. You've been very close in some of these. Steven, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Is it Kyle Brodziak or is it his buddy, Scotty Upshaw? Oh, no. Scotty Upshaw. Oh, Scotty Selly. The first blue, maybe the only blue, to like one of our tweets when we were very, very young. Yeah. It was a real boon for The only blue. The rest of you can get fucked. <laughs> um... Oh, Kyle Brodziak seems like he must be the right answer here. Second line center Kyle Brodziak must have scored more Unf- goals. Than unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, Kyle Brodziak, final answer. I think I'm wrong though. Kyle Brodziak, 226 I think you games would played. Want me to think it was Kyle Brodziak, so I feel like I'm wrong. 25 goals. Upshaw, 206 games played. Upshaw with 206. Mm-hmm. 23 goals. Woo! Nooner, baby! <laughs> we got it. <laughs> we got We're it. riding the way. locked in. I meant to ask you how many you thought you'd get on this, but it doesn't even matter at this point. Uh, you know? I think I'm going to get at least nine. <laughs> at least nine. <laughs> Who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Is it Carlo Koliakovo or is it Eric Johnson? but I feel like it's not. But are we counting goals for the opposing team? <laughs> are we subtracting goals for the opposing no, no, team? No such thing. I feel like this is going to be like 31 to 28. One of their numbers. 28. That's all I remember. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continue. No, no, very good. Carla Koliakova recently had Alex Petrangelo on his radio show i should have listened to that but did not but that was an illuminati signal to me i guess those guys were partners to tell me that the correct answer has to be ah carlo koliakovo was here so much longer i'm going with him i'm so well Carlo Koliakovo, 284 games played 19 goals johnson 203 games played 
20 goals. Oh, thank, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm relieved. I'm honestly you're, relieved, you're relieved that, that you get a one first overall pick didn't have fewer goals than Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo Koliakovo, great blue. Yeah. Was he, on, was he on my team? I don't think so. I don't think he was on my all-decade team, but you know what? He wasn't here long enough this decade, was he? Maybe he was. He was I mean, he was... I guess I guess we did require him in the last decade, but yeah, he was here for a little bit. Yeah, I guess he was. But not as long as I thought. Jay Bomeister or Bryce Salvador, who has scored more goals for the St. Louis Blues? Oh boy! What a question! Who has scored more what a goals? <laughs> what a story! Um... I think I think in rethinking how I phrase these, these are more interesting on my end when you see how close teams or players are and goals scored and games played uh-huh. because i think sometimes when you think on your gut you're right you're just right but you don't realize how close they were mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with jay bellmeister no am i am i I'm going to go with Jay Bomeister. I feel like I'm wrong, but I have to. Jay Bomeister, 490 games Can played. I guess nine goals? No, wait. He had a couple seasons. Give me how many goals Jay Bomeister has in his career. I will tell you this right now. In his Jay... career or in his Blues career? Sorry, Blues career. Jay Bomeister has... is correct. You are correct. Woo! Neuter, baby. <laughs> now tell me how many goals he has. Uh... 490 games played for the Blues, which is pretty insane to me. 14 seems too high. So I'm going to say 12. You were close the first time. 17. Oh, good for you. Bryce Salvador, 16 goals with 447 games played. He was here for a long yeah, time. I knew that. I knew that. So, Stephen, I want to let you know I could have easily made about 20 more of these questions, but I had to literally stop myself. I enjoyed making this well, too much. I say we do it again sometime. Oh, we will. If the people are into it, we can grab a couple different nooners. We got multiple flavors. and go all night. Rapid fire, Stephen. Has this player scored 10 or more goals with the Blues? Okay. I just I've got instinct. Rapid Sammy fire. Blay. Yes. No. <laughs> of course. He has scored nine in 83 games. Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, yes. No. Yes. Yes. Correct. He has. He has scored uh, twelve goals in two hundred sixty-four games. I'm going to be honest games. with you because it's rapid fire. I'm trying to think. What would you want me to guess and assume that that's wrong? Uh, I mean, I'm just doing rapid fire just because I decided to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite yeah, honestly, Adam Cracknell. Uh no. Correct. No. Roman Polak. How many goals did Adam Cracknell have? Six. Roman Polak. I've opened the Roman Polak door. I'm still going to say no. Yes, he scored 13. Oh, Roman! Way to go! He was on the uh, Steve Dangle equivalent of this quiz, too, I think. Yeah. Chris Porter. <sighs> yes. He has 11. Uh, let's see. Who is this in now? Am I at? Derek Roy. God, I don't believe he was a blue. He was. For one season at oh, $4 million, he, dollars, he, did, he did score 10 goals. No, he scored nine. <laughs> I knew it was nine. I knew it as I said it did. Uh, Ian Cole. Uh, no. Correct. He also had only nine <laughs> goals. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, yes. Wrong. He had eight goals. <laughs> well, you gave me a wrong for Ian Cole, and I'd like you to go back and correct that on your Oh, sorry. Sorry. Because I want to be properly represented. Tony Twist. 
Oh, uh, does winning millions of dollars from uh, Tom McFarlane count? No. Then I'm going to say no. Tony Twist indeed had 10 goals. Oh, he God. had 10, Tom, exactly. Tony, you dick. Peter Stasny. Not Paul, but Peter. Uh, Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater? Uh, you know. He did not. He only had six. Six. But he's been in your house. His son has, or something. Yeah, he put his son in my house. Uh, Ray Ferraro. <laughs> was a <it> blue? <laughs> he was. I know this. I know he only he had, had two like, empty netters. In he had career. nine hat tricks. But two empty netters, because it was safe. That's all the fuck he says. Uh, how long was he here? I'm going to say no. Correct. You only had six goals. How was he like a trade deadline? Like... I don't know. He was, uh, he only played 15 games here though. So, <laughs> so it's probably, he's a trade maybe. End of his career, is he? Mark Bergevin. Ha! <laughs> he's too ripped. I'm too scared of him. I'm going to say yes. Wrong. He only had five. I Sorry. I was wrong, but I love him. I think if I did this correct, Woo! you got one, baby. two, three, four, five, six, seven. We still got more than half. Not barely. Mark Bergevin. I get that he was also probably a third line guy, a Robert Uzo type, whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't play that much. Three hundred and twenty-eight games and only five goals. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. Embarrassing, Mark. Maybe that's why his team can't score. Think about that. X Files thing. Cue it. I'm too mm-hmm. lazy to cue it. Just imagine the X Files thing. You all know it. Just imagine, you know, I got, I'm not even going to, no, don't give him the courtesy. <laughs> you know, when I, I've probably said this on the podcast before, but when Malcolm in the Middle ended and I heard the X-Files theme come on, that meant bedtime and my weekend was over. And I, forever, in my, I cannot get it out of my head. I've watched X-Files. It's very good. Please go watch it. But I hate that theme because it's literally like, get the fuck in bed is essentially all I can think of. By the way, no one said this to me, but like in my head, I'm like, I'm like, God damn it. This means the weekend's over tomorrow. And like, as sad as it is, at least if I was in high school, it's like, oh man, I got all those tests and stuff. Mm -hmm. This was me in second grade. Uh Oh no, I got to go to school and write an uppercase A and then a lowercase A. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which you also actually said at the time. Yeah, you know. Uh, Ian, we've advertised and we have scheduled a discussion of the uh, best award-winning, film, the award-winning. award-winning movie from South Korea, Parasite. Would mm-hmm. you like to enter that discussion now? I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to do that now yeah. or do you want to do that later? I mean, I'm In another doing podcast. it now. It's up okay. to you. It's up to you. What I don't know what the time is. Tell me what the clock is. The so people will know. We're at one twenty on the episode. Okay. But it's about 10 o'clock. In human time. Mm. What do you think? Want to save it? I want to save it. Okay. You want to just give it more time? I do. I want it to marinate. Okay. I want to be able to give it more time. Okay. Well, people who came here for the parasite discussion. I'm so sorry. We'll uh, entitle this screwed. episode not the parasite <laughs> episode. <laughs> some things have come up in the world uh, that took some of our time, but uh, you know. Look, nothing is going to happen between now and next week, at least in hockey. That's true. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do need to stretch the content out. There's no question. Uh, so with that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, we're done and I'm going to play the X-Files theme and y'all can go to hell to bed. So uh, good night, everybody. Yeah, bye. High noon. Indeed. Nooners, baby.
So good, just the way that we do, but it's not in the afternoon. 